Hello, my whizzes, and welcome to season 11 of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. You are listening to episode 121, and per our podcast tradition, I'm kicking off this season with a rapid-fire Q&A episode. In today's show, I'm going to answer your submitted questions around acquiring PR representation, tips and budgets about marketing firms, hiring marketing firms, how to ship food internationally, through e-commerce, your minimum buyer margins and promotional offers and setting up for success in 2022. Let's get right into it. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. If you love the Food Biz Whiz podcast, you have got to join us inside of Retail Ready with our fourth quarter cohort. It is time for you to take the leap. It's time for you to work on your business with our support so you can be ready to pitch to new wholesale accounts and land on more shelves in January when wholesale buyers get past the holidays and start to consider new products for their shelves. Don't have time to work on your business during this busy period? I get it. I mean, if we're being totally honest, there's never a great time to press pause, to catch your breath, and to make some changes. You have to make the time to do it. I know the time is tight, so we are doing something that we never do. No sales calls, no wait lists, no free masterclass, no back and forth emails about Retail Ready, and instead we are inviting you to join us today. Click through to the enrollment page linked in the show notes and get inside Retail Ready. We are ready to help you. Okay, whizzes. I say this every single season, but I cannot believe that we're already in season 11 of the podcast. Time is flying. (laughs) This season, I'm really excited for this season. It's going to be jam-packed with really actionable advice for your food, beverage, or taxable grocery brand. And it's going to kick off with today's rapid fire episode. From there, I'm going to do another mini series in December, much like that fourth quarter focus mini series that we did back in September. I heard feedback from you guys that you really liked short episodes, that you really liked a theme of the mini series. So we are going to do that in December as well. So in next month's mini series, we're going to talk about goal setting and setting up for success in 2022. If you feel like you're just winging it in your business, our mini series is going to give you this roadmap for setting and actually achieving your business goals. Really excited about it. But for today, let's get right to your submitted questions. So these questions were submitted on my post in our Food Biz Biz Facebook group and on my Instagram feed. So make sure if you are not following along or if you're not in there in our Food Biz Biz Facebook group, Make sure we connect. You can find my Instagram feed and the link to our Food Biz Whiz private Facebook group linked in our show notes. So as always, I always say this, thank you so much for engaging in there and for submitting your questions for this rapid fire episode. All right, so let's get right to it. The first question that someone submitted was, Allie, what are three things that are, what three things are most important in acquiring PR representation. So when I think about PR for your food or beverage or taxable grocery brand, I I think about three, three main things here. First off, 
it is crucial that you know your end goal. Why do you want PR? Right. And this is the biggest mistake that I see that people spend money, you know, uh, a pretty big sum of money hiring a PR agency or a PR individual. Maybe they're on retainer, you're spending thousands of dollars, and then it doesn't feel like it works. <laughs> you don't feel like you gained any traction there. And often what happens is this is a result of not having really clear end goals. So when you think about PR and whether or not it's worth it for your brand, you want to make sure that you articulate what that end goal is. So that might be something like, um, basically, it's basically answering the why of why you want PR. Do we want PR to be consumer facing because we want to drive more direct to consumer sales. Do we want PR in trade publications because we want to land on more wholesale shelves and we want to be in the publications that those wholesale buyers are, are reading? Do we want regional PR? Do we want national PR? What do you have the capacity to do, right? So you want to be really clear on these goals before you just hire someone who you hear is good at PR because each PR strategist is going to have connections and know how to play the game depending on what your end goals are. For example, a while back, we had a retail ready student who landed in the New York Times and it was fantastic. I mean, huge traffic to his website, lots of eyeballs on, on his product, but he made a refrigerated product that was sold regionally. And it was wonderful that he had all this traffic to his website, but he couldn't ship his refrigerated product nationally. He just wasn't set up to do that. And so while, yes, it was fantastic to have that recognition in the New York, New York Times, at the end of the day, it didn't necessarily increase his business because he couldn't ship out nationally to all the like national eyeballs that were suddenly on his website. So think about that. What do you have the capacity for? So that's number one, figure out your end goal before you just leap into hiring a PR strategist, figure out that end goal. The second one is knowing your timing and knowing that it's the right time for your brand. So it needs to be the right time for your brand. And it also needs to be the right time for that publication or that that um, partner that you are pitching. Just like in wholesale, right? People are working ahead, right? But so if, if you're trying to get in those holiday gift guides, for the big ones, you want to be pitching in the summertime, right? You need enough time. Those publications need enough time to evaluate the product offerings, take you know, uh, photography for all the products, write the copy, get it to print. You know, they are working quarters, months in advance. So you want to make sure you're thinking about the time of year, just like you would in wholesale. So the other, so you think about the time of year for the publications, but you also think about timing for your business. If you are going to do a rebrand in the next couple of months, it's likely not the best time to go out and try to get a whole bunch of eyeballs on your current branding, right? You're going to, if successful, your PR would, would help people recognize your brand. But if you know that you're going to go do a rebrand in a few months, it's not the right time, right? It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of that, that energy to go and get PR. If you know that you're changing something about your brand. And then also, again, you know, to point number one, knowing your capacity, 
If you don't, you know, with the timing wise, if you are rolling into the fourth quarter, you're changing co-packers, you are still trying to figure out your shipping, it might not be the time to go heavy on press and get a whole bunch of orders. Logistically, you might not be able to handle it. So really think about the timing for your brand, for the brand and for the publications that you're pitching. And then number three is make it easy on those publications. Make it easy on those editors who are assessing your product line. So how do you make it easy for them? You might have a an unlinked, like a, a private PR page on your website. You might have a swipe file that's just in Google Drive that you can send along that has all of your beautiful assets. You want to make sure that you've got fantastic photography. So the the editor, that publicist knows what they're getting into. They know your product is beautiful. They know it photographs well. You want to make sure that you have a functioning website that is one that the editor wants to send traffic to. After all, when they put when they put your brand on their publication, it's a reflection on them as well. They want to do business with partners who are um, equally as professional as they are. So you want to make sure that you've got everything behind the scenes dialed in before you start pitching. You want to make sure that you have engaging social media channels. Make sure that you've got a clear brand story. Making Spending time to make sure you understand why that publication should highlight your brand and what they're getting out of it as well. If you're in retail ready, a lot of this is going to sound familiar as as to when you're pitching wholesale accounts. And the same thing goes here. Put yourself in that editor's shoes, put yourself in that publicist's shoes and make it really, really easy for them to say yes. Do the work for them. And they are much more likely to say yes to highlighting your brand. So those are my three tips there. Know your end goal know your timing, and make it easy for the publication. Great. Okay. Our next rapid fire question was someone who was looking for tips and insight around a budget for shopping around for a marketing and creative firm, specifically around social media and advertising. So I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but my first tip is knowing your end goal, just like we talked about with PR. What do you want this hired person or firm to do, right? Until you figure out exactly what the end goal of hiring this role is, whether it's a contractor, if it's an agency that's on retainer, if you're doing it in-house and hiring for that role, you need to know what your end goal is and how are you going to measure whether or not this, this role is successful. So the way we do it is bullet pointed out, you know, over the next week or so, take, take some time to do it. But every time something pops into your head that you would want this person to manage or um, implement, you add it to this list, this bullet pointed list. So bullet point everything, your dream scenario of this role, design your ideal role and start shopping around for it. So remember, you know, when you start doing this, you're going to have a role Again, this is just fantasy role. You are going to have so many bullet points on this list. And so it is important here that you remember that everyone has limitations. 
and you do get what you pay for. So don't expect to pay $17 an hour for social media, for a social media manager who will also design your quarterly marketing strategies, manage your Facebook ads, optimize your email marketing campaigns. That's not going to happen. You're going to you're going to find someone who's really great at making designs in Canva and responding to Instagram comments at that price point. And that's great, right? There is a time and a place for that, but you've got to be really clear about what what you want out of the role and if that person has the capacity to do it at the price that you want to pay. Another uh, resource for you here is going back and listening to last week's podcast with Delaney Vetter. She is a, a CPG communications consultant, and we talked all about social media overwhelm, email marketing overwhelm, and how you can avoid it. And the last part of our podcast gives some, some insight into how you know when you're ready to hire for it and what sort of budget you should be expecting, how to go about taking those first steps. So if anyone needs support in that, I'm going to we send you back to last week's podcast episode. I'll link it in the show notes. It's episode 120. There is also an article that I linked in last week's episode, which I'm going to link again here, which is Rachel Carter's email newsletter, her newsletter that's called LinkedIn Bio. It is a fantastic email, uh, less fantastic newsletter, and it is totally worth subscribing to. I'm going to link a post that she wrote on social media salaries. It is a really great place to start just to give a give a sense of what people are paying for these roles. So click through if you're if you're interested in how much you should pay a social media manager and what you can get out of that. But again, the the I hate to be a broken record, but the first thing that you need to know is your end goal. What do you want this person to do? How are you going to measure success in this role? And then you start shopping around. You know, it's not to say that you can't find your dream person, but but starting with that ideal job description and then seeing who matches up to that is the place to start. And then, like I said, listen to last week's podcast episode and click through to that post on social media salaries, which will give you a really great place to start. So you can start setting some expectations around budget. Okay, next up. Looking for advice on shipping food nationally through e-commerce. Are there any hoops to jump through legally if we are making a safe cottage food? Okay. So I'm based in San Francisco. I'm here in the U.S. So if you are a listener outside of the United States, you are going to want to do your own research here as well. So even in the U.S., the production and the sales of processed foods is generally governed by state and federal regulations. Every single state is different. (laughs) So proper advice is needed from a specialist within your own state here. So individuals, I'll just say this, individuals under most state rules are allowed to sell directly to individuals under the cottage food law, not businesses such as restaurants or grocery stores. So you can sell to an individual person, but not a business. Although there are some states that allow this, like California, Maine does, Ohio, I think. Um, So some states allow you to wholesale under the cottage food law, but it varies from state to state. And so that although there are these a number of states limit the sales of cottage food laws to 
farmers markets to things like bake sales, charity events, and things like that. So you have to be really clear on your own state's regulations. And usually while you, and again, it varies state to state, but usually you are allowed to have a website, right? That's great. You're allowed to have a website to promote your products. You can't sell online and you can't sell across state lines. Right. And this is, this goes back to the question, like, are there any hoops to jump through if it's safe cottage food? Technically speaking, and again, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not the FDA, not the health inspector. Technically speaking, you cannot sell across state lines, which means online sales, uh, if you're shipping nationally, like this person wants to do, is technically illegal. I think it has to do actually with the fact that you are not allowed to use a third party um, logistics piece to distribute your product under cottage food laws. So that third party logistics would technically here, it would be USPS, UPS, FedEx, any, anything that you are using uh, to ship your product. That's where it becomes illegal. So all in all, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but you have to check with your local health department to see if you are allowed to sell across state lines, regardless of whether it is via your own website or in-person sales. So disclaimer, obviously, like I said, I'm not the health department. Um, I am not a food lawyer. These laws change regularly. So what you want to do is check in with your local health department and their guidelines. So same goes, whether you're a listener from the United States or not. And frankly, this is, you know, this is exactly why we don't get into regulatory compliance inside of Retail Ready. We have brands from all over the globe and each state, each county, each, each country has different regulations for their food products. So it would be, gosh, almost impossible for us to stay up to date with changing laws globally. So we always advise for you to go, go back to your own local health department and figure out what the laws are there. So long story short, shipping food nationally through e-commerce for a cottage food product is generally a no-go. And um, sorry to tell you that news, but you've got got to go to your local health department and verify that for your own state. Okay, we've got a few questions left, left, so let's wrap this up. So next one, is there a minimum margin that a buyer needs or likes to see? That's a great question. So it depends on the channel. Channel being retail, brick and mortar, food service, e-commerce, gift stores, specialty, all different channels, convenience, all of these different channels have different margin requirements. So there's no like one size fits all here. Typically with grocery, with brick and mortar grocery, those like, um, you know, regular normal grocery stores, those buyers want about a 40% margin. Specialty and gift stores, those like higher end stores can want closer to a 50% margin. But again, it really, it varies from channel and it also varies category to category. So when I was a grocery buyer, I would never, gosh, drive my hardest. I would never drop below a 33% margin. That was the lowest thing that was acceptable for our shelves. And it was for basics like bread and milk and eggs where shoppers were really, really price sensitive, right? We didn't want our dozen of eggs to be 
so much more expensive than the grocery store down the street. So we kept, we would take a lower margin on some of those staples where people were really, really price conscious. So all in all, typical grocery wants about 40% margin and, and it really varies category to category and channel to channel. Okay. Hope that helps give you a little bit of guidelines there. I've got two questions left. Yeah. Two questions left. What would be an appropriate introduction promotion to new buyers? Okay. So I get, I have lots of thoughts on intro promotions, placement deals, um, getting your product on the shelf and giving that buyer some sort of incentive to say yes to carrying your product. I talked through all of this inside of Retail Ready, but let me give you some high level tips here. First off, it has to work for your brand and your financials. I could tell you exactly what to offer. I could write you word for word what to say, (laughs) how to say it to the buyer. But if it doesn't work for you when you run those numbers, you shouldn't follow my advice. So instead, I'm going to flip this question back on you, my friend who submitted this, and ask you, what can you offer for an introduction promotion that works for your financials, right? That is a personal question, and it varies from brand to brand. So that leads me to my second point. Typically, when I ask people this, you know, what can you do? I'll hear some hesitation. And people say, well, actually, Allie, I don't really have a budget for promotions. Or it's really, really tiny. And here's how I generally respond. If you have no budget, it is time to rethink that. You are only going to get so far if you have absolutely no budget for promotions. So go rework your numbers and find a budget. Of course, if you don't want to pursue bigger retail and you want to stick to smaller channels, like small independent stores, this isn't as big of a concern. But if you want to sell sell to chains, if you want to start working with brokers or distributors, you have to find this budget. People will not take you seriously. They are not going to give you the time of day if you don't have any sort of promotional budget. The other thing is, I'll I'll say, if you you want to stay smaller, if you want to stay in those independent stores and farmer's markets, things like that, which is wonderful, fully support that goal if that's you, I would ask you, what else can you offer? It is all about a partnership with your wholesale accounts. So the tough love here is that recipe cards and shelf talkers are not going to cut it. So what else can you do? Can you provide samples? Can you demo? Can you do staff training? Can you provide product for the break room? Can you create social media and marketing assets? I mean, what is it? What can you do? It is not just a recipe card next to your product on the shelf. Although that can work in addition to the other things that you can promise here. So it goes back to you figuring out what works best for your brand, both from a financial point of view and you know, with your case counts, your category expectations, and that relationship with that buyer. But beyond that, if you do have a budget, you could consider doing a free fill You could think about guaranteed sales for a specific amount of time. You could do a 10%, 15%, 20% introductory offer for a limited amount of time. There are lots of choices that you might opt into. 
But again, it has to be right for your brand. If you are listening to this and you are inside of Retail Ready, come and talk this out with me in our student group. I'm happy to discuss it in like um, with specifics about your particular brand if you're in there. Okay, I've got one question left. It was a really good one. So Allie, what is going to set me up for success in 2022? Help me have my best year yet. (laughs) I want you guys all to have your best year yet. That is the goal here. So I'll say, speaking of retail ready, that is the number one thing that's going to help you use this next month, this next six weeks or so to set up for success next year. You guys know this, but inside of Retail Ready, we've got our course, we've got our coaching, our community to support you in increasing your wholesale accounts and having higher sales once you do that. So I'm going to say it loud and clear here. I want to beat this drum. We are doing a price increase of Retail Ready in January. We have added amazing tools and resources inside of Retail Ready, and we've got a whole new round of content coming out onto our student platform in early 2022. So we haven't increased our price since 2018. Gosh, so it is time. When you join us in Retail Ready, you will get you always get access to all of our up, updates and our new material. So when you enroll with our 2021 pricing, rest assured you're going to get access to all of that new material in January at this year's price point. I've got some other tips on how to success succeed next year, how to set yourself up for success here. But if you are ready to join us inside of Retail Ready, or if you're just curious about learning more, I want you to watch our masterclass on the three-step framework to growing your food business. It's going to be linked in my show notes. There, you're going to learn the biggest mistakes that I see food founders make as you try to grow. I'm going to give you actionable advice that you can put into place right now. And I'm going to invite you to join our fourth quarter cohort at our 2021 pricing of Retail Ready. If you've already watched that masterclass, send me a DM. We'll have you leapfrog the line and we will get you in at 2021 pricing. Just send me a DM. I'll make it happen for you. But beyond that, I've got two main things that you can do to set up for a successful 2022. The first one is goal planning. Now, I know you know this, and I know you probably also think that you don't have time for this, but unless you plan where you want to end up, you are just wandering aimlessly in your business. Without goals, you are more likely to feel like you're not succeeding at anything. You're more likely to say yes to the wrong things in your business, and you are more likely to burn out. We don't want that to happen to you. Let's avoid that. I am going to help you set goals with our goal setting mini series, like I said, that starts next week here on the podcast. So can you commit to joining me weekly in December to talk through goal setting, goal tracking, and goal achieving? This is going to help you stay accountable and it's going to help you plan for success. I am really excited about it and I hope that you will join me. All it takes is tuning in weekly to the podcast on your own schedule. And if you want to take it a step further, come and talk about your goals with us inside of our Food Biz Wiz Facebook group. So the second thing that you can do as over the next couple of weeks as you start getting, getting ready for next year is to have an eye on what you need to do behind the scenes to get ready for January when wholesale buyers start considering new products for their shelves again. 
So this might mean fine-tuning your sales pitch and your follow-up pipeline, updating your sell sheet, designing your price list, figuring out your promotional strategy. These are all things that you likely want to think about now so that you don't wake up on January 1st feeling behind the ball. You guys know this, but these are all things that we help you with inside of Retail Ready. So, okay, my whizzes, that is a wrap on the kickoff of season 11 of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. Thank you, as always, for spending your time with me here every single week. And I hope that you've already started to enjoy the holiday season. I'm going to see you right back here next week as we kick off our mini series on goal setting to make sure that you have a solid plan in place for success in 2022. Until then, have a good one and take care. Bye. I don't like scare tactics as a way to make sales, but I do want to ask you if you are prepared to pitch to wholesale buyers come January, once we're past the holidays and they're ready to do category reviews and assess new products for their shelves. It takes a few months to get your pitch organized from redoing your sell sheet to dialing in your price list, to sorting out your promotional plan, to drafting and finalizing your sales pipeline. It's not something that you want to wing on January 1st. You don't have time for that. That is why we created Retail Ready, to give you the brains of the buyer and all of the tools and coaching and curriculum and community that will help you feel confident in your pitches, land on more shelves, and have a reorder process for increasing sales once you're there. We have supported over 1,000 brands inside of Retail Ready, and we are ready to help you as well. Like I said, no wait list, no sales calls. We are sending you straight to the enrollment page. Click through to the link in our show notes, read through, including that robust FAQ section at the bottom and find out about our money back guarantee policy and then get enrolled. We are so excited to welcome you into Retail Ready. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Whiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.